Hi, this is Michael. This is Jill. And this is Townhouse of Terror. Welcome to episode two. Hi. Today we're going to actually dive into some movies. Yay. Movies that you have not seen, movies that you, right? I think everything we were talking about tonight is your first viewing. Yeah, let's tell them. What are we going to watch? Well, we're going to watch The Wicker Man and Midsommar. And The Omen. So I picked them. I had seen all of them. Papa's Choice. Papa's Choice. And so uh, I'm. we haven't talked much about any of these films. I think one or two we kind of talked during the movie, and I could kind of gauge your reaction based on that. But Mm -hmm. I am looking forward to hearing your uh, actual thoughts on everything as we dive in. So just real quick, I did want to talk about the first episode a little bit. And as I was editing it, I heard some things I was maybe a little critical of. Um, I love The Exorcist, and I think you enjoyed it too. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were talking about it in the first episode, I think we were talking in the idea of you had not seen it until a right. couple of years ago for the first time. Right. And it's, you know, it had been built up to you like this movie will destroy you if you watch right. it, you know, and it's it's not that. And I, I mean, 70s horror is really good, and 70s cinema is really something I'm into. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like we kind of just brushed over it as like it was a silly movie. And I don't feel that way about. No, no. I think in context, it was more like, okay, this is this is what my expectation was. Before we go any further, just want to remind you that we will be discussing and spoiling these movies. So if you haven't seen them yet, maybe pause it, catch up on them and come back. Or if you don't care, that's totally fine. But we're going to be uh, talking about plot points and stuff like that. So buyer beware. Right. Um, anything else you want to say before we jump in? No, I'm excited to talk about these films. All right, well, here we go. I am here to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. Where is Rowan Morrison? If Rowan Morrison existed, we would know. I suspect murder. Sergeant, I've already In the name of God, woman, what kind of mother are you? That can stand by and see your own child slaughtered. You are the fool, Mr. Harvey. You're liars. You are despicable little liars. All right, we just watched The Wicker Man, so let's get into it. Made in 1973, directed by Robin Hardy, starring Edward Woodward, Christopher Lee, and Britt Eklund. A detective comes to an island to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. He is met with resistance, and the islanders deny knowing who she is. After many strange encounters and pagan Celtic ceremonies, she is revealed to be alive, but only being used as bait to get the detective to the island, and in to the tum-tum of a giant burning man. The end. (laughs) Also, this movie is a musical. Yes. (laughs) Lots of surprises. (laughs) In the woods there grew a tree, and a fine, fine tree was he. And on that tree there was a limb, and on that limb there was a branch, and on that branch there was a nest, and in that nest there was an egg, and in that egg there was a bird, and from that bird a feather came, and of that feather was a Did you know any of the story or any of the songs or anything going into this movie, Joe? No, I knew zero. And that's how I wanted 
to come into this film. Had I, you heard of it? I had, but I had heard of the Nick Cage version. How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? Um, and but I didn't know anything about that version either because I'm not a Nick Cage fan. Well, so. we'll discuss that another time. Um, yeah, this film was quite a surprise, and um, it was shocking in ways that I did not expect mm-hmm. it to be shocking. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like, so I've seen this movie before, but it's been a while since I've seen it, and this is my favorite viewing of it. Um, partly, I think, because I was watching it with you, and mm-hmm. I love introducing movies that I enjoy to people, but I think the first time I saw the movie... I kind of was thrown off by the songs. Um, yeah. I Maybe because I wasn't expecting it or I, I don't know. But this time it was just really, I really enjoyed it. And I actually really liked the, most of the songs and mm-hmm. thought they moved the story along. And the fact that they were, you know, some of the songs were used in some of the ceremonies. Yeah. It didn't, it wasn't just like a breakout to song and dance. Yeah. Um, but. I like. I'm not kidding you. I have one of the songs stuck in my head right now, and it keeps playing yep. in my brain. They're pretty good. They are all performed by a band. So, and and I think the band was actually in the movie performing it at times during. There's a bar scene where they were playing, and then the Maypole song, mm-hmm. which um, is probably stuck in your head. Is that the one? There was a man. No, da, 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 da. no, no oh, not okay. that one. It, it was the one where she's in the bedroom. Oh, the naked lady dancing song. Yeah. Where she's pounding on the wall. Yeah. I am here. Am I not young and fair? And that was not that actress's voice. It was actually oh. sounded like someone else, but oh, that is a great song too. It and <clears throat> excuse me, and recently discovered that it is covered, that song is called Willow's Song, and the band Doves did a cover of it too. So would you have a wondrous time? at some point. It's possible. Because we both like the band Doves. We do. Yeah, I think this movie is really fun. Mm-hmm. Really cool, especially if you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, I think taking it back the first time that a song starts, but then you realize after the third song, okay, yeah, I know what's happening here. Mm-hmm. They actually filmed the 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 movie on on an island, a real island, and it was very remote, so it just, it just looked different. You know, the whole movie right. takes place besides... The um, the opening scene of the airplane flying into the um, onto the island or yeah. into the bay of the island. So you know the whole uh, the whole film kind of feels secluded and um, and just weird like weird characters right yeah. off the bat. But, yeah. You know, but I mean I don't know like it's it's that fine line of silly and creepy. Right. And that that's what I was gonna say. Like pretty early on, you get like someone is watching me kind of feeling mm-hmm. like it just feels creepy. Right. Like all of these people are weirdos. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and it's very seventies too. So mm-hmm. you've got this full on seventies haircuts. Um, yeah. you've got, uh, 
you know, different. It's, it's almost like the characters in a small town, too. You know, mm-hmm. the landlord, the landlord's daughter, the bakery, you know, owner. Right. And then, of course, you know, crazy Christopher Lee. Yeah. And he did you explain who he was? Like who? What well, his character I, is? I feel like we don't need to really explain who he okay. is himself okay. just because of the the amount of movies that he's been in. Oh, and I don't mean him I as know, an actor. But let's talk about it because, <laughs> you know, Christopher Lee has been in so many movies. And I mean, modern audiences, like, I don't know if modern, but, you know, would know him from the Lord of the Rings movies mm-hmm. and the, the prequel Star Wars movies. But um was also in all the Hammer horror movies. He was played Dracula in those. He was in Hound of the Baskerville. So a bunch of movies that I love too. But he plays the character of, I guess his grandfather founded the community right. and had planted these tropical trees that he said could grow in a Scottish climate. <laughs> and they were having a bad year, so they needed to sacrifice the virgin police officer who came. <laughs> you know, because, you know, when you don't, when you're not able to grow tropical fruits in a non-tropical climate, a virgin must be sacrificed. Right. I mean, obviously. That's how huh. it works for me. Not only is there singing and dancing on this island, but there's lots of um, sex going on on this island. Mm-hmm. And uh, the main protagonist is quite taken aback by that, too. And that's one reason that he's there is because they needed, like we said, a virgin to come mm-hmm. to the island to be sacrificed. And he... Um, is bothered by everything that's happening. Right, because he's extremely uh, religious in the Christian Mm -hmm. sense. Like, I won't get too into it with the scene, but the landlord's daughter, who is trying to entice him with that song that is stuck in my head, um, they're trying to test him to see if he's Mm -hmm. actually as, quote-unquote, virtuous. Right. As he actually is, because they want to make sure they have the most moral, um, law-abiding person they have for this sacrifice. Yep. But even the audience doesn't know it at that point either. No. So you don't know that until the end. So what, like, what did you think? I mean, there's definitely like a mystery, you know, vibe. It's it's not yeah. like a off right off the bat horror film, gore and all that stuff. It's yeah. it's a slow burn kind of movie. There's a mystery element. Watching it this time, what what were you kind of... Well, at that point, I, you know, and as he's questioning different people, I, I do think there is a girl that's missing, but I don't know why. And there's there was no thought in my mind that it was like, oh, he's going to be sacrificed as a virgin right. sacrifice. Like, that was... I just thought the woman was just trying to get him into bed. Um, right. But... Then looking back and seeing all the red flags, it's like, oh, it was clearly for one purpose and one purpose I mean, this movie does unfold to the audience. You know, us as an audience are not privy to anything that we're not seeing through his eyes. Right. And and I really like Edward Woodward. He's in a movie called Breaker Morant, and he's also in Hot Fuzz when when he was older. But he's a great actor, but you... You hate him in this movie. He's terrible. He's a prick. He's a prick. And he's not like, (laughs) and it's not, it's funny because it's, he does not deserve what is coming to him. It's not like that kind of like, thank God you get it. But he is just the most annoying in every sense, you know, if he's he's there to figure something out, he's kind of going about it in a very uh, non-helpful and 
Yeah, and he's just dumb. He, yeah. like, tells them what he's going yep. to do. Okay, like, yep. I'm going to go back and report you. No, mm-hmm. dummy. <laughs> like, Right. I yeah, mean, there's... <laughs> that's just dumb. All right, but let's get to the big scene. Yeah. So it's the final uh, ceremony. It's the, it's the harvest day, mm-hmm. you know, and... Uh, Sergeant Mule Howie is, tur- you know, is he knocked out the landlord and put on his costume. Everybody's wearing masks, which is also another really creepy scene. Like mm-hmm. you said, did people just pop up here and there and they've got all animal animal oh. faces on? And, and then stuff. there's that sword, right? Uh, sword part where, like, yep. you think the head's getting cut off, but it's yeah. a fake head. But so all that is part of the final ceremony, which is finally revealed. Rowan, the girl. Who he's after is there, and he runs and cha- grabs her, chases her, goes through a cave, all this stuff, only to find out that she has been in on it. She's been hidden, and she was used as bait to get him there. Because they knew that being the kind of person he was, he would yep. try as hard as he could to yep. find her. And what do they do? They take him to the Wicker Man. And what is the Wicker Man, Jill? Well, it's not what I thought it was going to be. What did you think it was going to be? I thought the Wicker Man was going to be a man who made wicker furniture. Now that sounds like a great movie. (laughs) It sounds so interesting, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess kind of. There was somebody who made this wicker thing. I want to meet the man who made the Wicker Man. Um, so the Wicker Man is a gigantic statue, think like six stories high, maybe, Right. made of wicker, and it has like, like... Basically a cage. It's a cage, and there's a bunch of um, animal sacrifices in there, goats, chickens, that sort of thing, and then they put this guy in there, and then they light it on fire. Yep. And he's screaming, and I think he's like and burning, calling out. He's praying, and mm-hmm. it's it's incredibly creepy and weird. Yep. <laughs> and that's literally how it ends. Yep, he's screaming, and all the townspeople are very happy because they're like, "We're going to have good crops," right. which is ridiculous. And he's telling them, "This is ridiculous. You can't." You can't have these kind of crops in this climate. Right. And that's it. So that's it. And we don't know if they had a good season after that or if they had to get another virgin from another somewhere else to fly to the island and repeat this process. But I I really like this movie. I I think this is my favorite viewing of it. I've probably seen it three or four times. Was it because it was with me? It was with you. Mm -hmm. And um, I really like it. What What would you rate this out of five? What would you give it? I would give it a four. Yeah. I really liked it. I, I, um, if I would have just heard the synopsis, I don't know how interested I would have been, but actually seeing it without knowing anything, I was pleasantly surprised. Right. So if you've listened to this and you haven't seen it, then don't watch it because you won't like it because you know about it already. <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. Not knowing anything as you go into this movie makes it better, I feel. Right. If don't you- expect a wicker furniture making man it's sort of a crazy festival special ceremonies and dressing up that sounds fun unbelievable welcome and happy midsummer school what time is it 9 p.m that can't be right the sky is blue this is what 9 p.m is like here it's like another world 
Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. What's happening? Midsommar debuted in 2019 and was directed and written by Ari Aster. It stars Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner, William Jackson Harper, and others. The story begins in the U.S. with personal tragedy for the main character, Danny, and follows she and her boyfriend, Christian, and his university friends to Sweden, where they join one of the friends and experience a once-every-90-years festival. What they don't know is that this festival is going to be more wild than they have ever imagined. Jill, is Midsommar Wicker Man Part (laughs) 2? I mean, kind of, except in Sweden. Ikea Man. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there definitely are some um, issues that are similar, mm-hmm. and uh, they are things with pagan rituals, cults, fertility, uh, murder, and then you also have sex rituals. Well, um, Ari Aster, for sure, was inspired by the Wicker Man. Was he? Do you think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, because he well, he's, yeah, he's talked about it, but it's it is a very, you know, it, it's not a remake and it's it's not like it, it wouldn't even say it's a retelling. But um, there are other movies that are inspired by Wicker Man, too. But hmm. um, I think because we watch these back to back, it's kind of, you know, it feels that way even yeah. more. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's definitely crossover. And also another thing that I would say crosses over, too, is this initial feeling of perfection like Mm. um this closed society that seems to have like this utopia and you quickly realize that Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's a there are a lot of issues um that don't make it perfect for everyone in fact it's terrifying (laughs) there's there's so much in this movie though that's like first of all had you you had not seen this movie? Did you have any knowledge about any of it going into it? No, I mean I when it came out last year, I had seen you know all the A twenty four trailers, and so I kind of had an idea, but I did not know the full breadth of what it would be like. And you had seen um, Hereditary. Oh my God! Yeah, which is Ari Aster's <laughs> other movie he did. Yeah, so I had an idea that it would probably... <laughs> I saw Hereditary last year. You, that was one of our movies we did last year. Yeah. And that was one that you kind of went into kicking and screaming. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. And now I'm like, wow, that was a pretty cool movie, but I still have flashbacks. It's, it's hard. It's, yeah. it's To me, it's one, of the, it's one of my favorite movies from the past few years. Mm-hmm. It's the same... I got some of the exact same feelings watching Midsommar as I did with the other one or with um, Hereditary. And I watched both of them on my own before I showed them to you. Yeah. And in certain scenes, my heart was palpitating knowing what was coming up. Mm -hmm. And I even with Midsommar, I started filming you with my phone Mm -hmm. on the cliff scene just to see your reaction. And you kind of let me down because you were just, you were making a weird face, but I thought you were going to (laughs) look... What did you think I would do? I don't know. So, you're so desensitized now. 
Thanks a lot, man. Um, Anyways, let's get back to well, well. We can we can talk about what happened on the cliff scene. <laughs> you want to talk about what happened on the cliff? Yeah, we can. It's one of the early scenes. Like once they get there, let's let's, let's back up a bit because okay. there's this okay. movie is really split into two kind of very you know we don't start in Sweden. No, no, we we start in the U.S. and I mean it's right away. It's very traumatic. Danny's sister um, kills her parents and herself. Yeah, and it's super just disturbing. It's horrible. You feel her pain, her anguish. And before that happens or while it happens, you can tell that she's in a really dysfunctional relationship with her boyfriend. And that is so frustrating. It's awful. Um, So you have all that tension up front and then like this trip comes up that she kind of invites herself Mm -hmm. on, even though her boyfriend wants to break up with her. Well, that's part of it too. Her boyfriend is a horrible person. Yeah. And she like, right. Like even before some of the tragedy, like I'm, you're just like, you don't, you feel for them. Like their relationship Mm -hmm. before her sister's murder, suicide is, is a tragedy, you know? And it's, you hate the way he treats her. You hate the way that she responds to him because you know she's being taken advantage of in well, every situation. And, I mean, there's subjects of mental health yep. issues too. I mean, with her, with her sister, and then just, you know, him being not that the, this is no excuse for him because he was a shithead, but, you know, he um, he did not. He was trying, but he did not fully know how to care for her. Right. And she just needed someone who would, you know, fully embrace her with the issue she was going through. Right. And there's that guilt that he has that, oh, you know, he was pretty much about to break up with her. And then this tragedy happened. Mm -hmm. And he has this guilt of keeping her as his girlfriend, but also having to bring her on this trip. And his most of his friends. He didn't tell her. He didn't even tell her about it, remember? She right. she found out yes. from the friends mm-hmm. and had no idea he was hiding this trip right. from her. And most of his friends too are terrible guys Ugh. that don't want her you know, it's that they she's think, the pain and you know, yeah. she's she's a, being a problem. So except she, for the one nice Swedish boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so there's a Swedish friend in the group. And he's the one who gets this trip together to go back to his, uh, his village. His community, yeah. Yeah, to his village. He grew up in a closed um, community. And he said, hey, there's going to be this big festival, and you guys should come. And two of the guys are anthropology students, and they're like, cool, we can go and observe this. And they're going to be writing their dissertation on it. Right. Well, we find out that... Her boyfriend has is undecided on what he's going to be writing his thesis on until but, we get there, and yeah. then he's just going to write well, about the same thing his friend is. He he stole it from his friend. Exactly. The idea. <laughs> um, There's just many character flaws in this fellow. Yeah, he's just not cool. So, so we're we're in Sweden. You get there. Yep, it's a long journey, and. Again, same as in Wicker Man, you arrive to this idyllic setting. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Everybody's they drive for hours. on mushrooms. Everyone's beautiful and wearing these 
pure white garments and, and dancing around. People walking around playing recorders and all sorts of weird instruments. Traditional Swedish dress. And it, like, it just is, it's creepy because <laughs> it is um, a little too perfect. But at the same time, you're like, wow, what is, this is really beautiful. Which brings us back to the cliff on day two. Yes. Actually, no. We go back because there's this meal and then these people are like venerated. They're, you know, the most holy at the table and no one does anything until they do. They're taken to the top of this cliff. Everyone walks there. And um, the woman, was it the woman who does it first? Yep. The woman jumps off the cliff in front of this large group of people. No one tries to stop her. And then the man jumps off the cliff. And we find out that this is um, uh, something that is part of the ritual that's done every 90 years. And I actually know once you turn 72, you do this. Mm -hmm. Like you voluntarily jump off a cliff because that's it. But here's the thing. They're not just jumping off a cliff, too. They're jumping off a cliff onto a large boulder. They're bouncing. And the old man survives the <laughs> survives oh the fall. Oh and is, and someone comes over with a giant mallet to uh, finish it off. It's horrifying. And so you've got the American students, and there's there's other people too that there's other British people have couple. brought. Yeah. yeah, and they are everyone is horrified, obviously. Um, the, but the people from the village are not flinching, right? Yes, because that's normal. To and them. Danny is like just gone through, you know, losing her family, and is super sensitive to this. But Danny still, she can't take her eyes away right. from. This. There's some weird kind of connection finding a home that's happening with her. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not like it's not right away she's buying into it, but there's this little there's a little bit of comfort happening, right? Slowly with her. <laughs> yeah, I mean it just as this stuff continues and and people start going missing mm-hmm. and the you know one by one people drop off and you know the there's different people in this community that are that seem to have different assignments to the yeah. different people that were brought in. And what happens at towards the end is Danny's boyfriend. I, what is his name? I can't Christian. remember. Just Christian is told to uh, basically this drugged and kind of raped to provide seed for uh, another girl in the community. Mm-hmm. Who and had her, she had her eye on him. Exactly. Immediately. Mm-hmm. But it's all like a, it's not just, oh, I like him. It's all part of a plan. Right. Kind of like in Wicker Man, there needs to be a May Queen. I can't remember what they call it in this movie, but Danny mm-hmm. ends up being the May Queen. Yeah, um, she's also drugged. They mm-hmm. they drink this tea. It's like a mushroom tea. It's, but all the girls do. It's not just her right. specifically. So, and it's the last woman standing. Exactly. In the ceremony. And Danny is. But I kind of wonder if... Yes, they were all drugged, but I kind of wonder if she was allowed to win. I don't know. Because when she is taken away to be, like, hailed the queen, they take her in that carriage. Mm-hmm. And that's when the boyfriend is taken to right. have um, the sex ritual. Right. But so. here's here, I kind of, I honestly think... I and mean, I don't know how if it was predetermined or whatever, but I I really think that the community liked Danny, 
You know, mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. was very, as when she was being chosen, I was thinking, yeah. all right, she's going to be, there's another ritual she's about to be killed or whatever, you know, but yeah. I really think because there's other scenes when she, so when she finds out that her her boyfriend, Christian, because he runs out of that house, he's naked. Well, and she, she sees te- no, him. she, she sees him in there. Right. Oh, that's she opens right. the door. And she knows she, something's wrong. And she goes back to her house and she starts wailing and grieving mm-hmm. and all the other women join in with her and are in sync with her with this like yeah. grieving kind of ceremony. And I think that that is real. That's almost like her being part of the community. Yeah. And I feel like she has never had anybody to able who's taken the time to grieve with yes. her, you know, in that moment. I think that's that kind of switches it. I, I totally agree. And I feel like like as a woman too, it just it you know, at first I was like, eh, this is kind of weird. But then I thought it was really beautiful the way that they were trying yeah. It wasn't even trying. It was like they just felt Naturally. natural and cohesive. It's still incredibly weird and it's weird. To men, you know, just it's a terrible. Weird. Yeah, because what then happens is after the May Queen is she becomes a May Queen, she gets to decide who is going to be part of the final sacrifice, mm-hmm. which is several people from the community, several people from that have been brought from other parts of the world who are. <laughs> One is like turned into some sort of tree thing, and mm-hmm. I mean it's pretty crazy and it's grotesque. Gruesome. Some of the stuff that happens, yeah. Um, and basically, she gets to choose uh, this other guy from the community who was drawn uh, a number was drawn for his name, mm-hmm. or Christian, who at this point has been completely paralyzed by a drug. Right. She chooses Christian. Christian gets taken into a room. That bear that was in a cage is now being gutted, and Christian is being sewn into the bear. Mm-hmm. His head is where the bear's face is, um, and then is brought into kind of like Wicker Man, a, a, a building. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's placed there. Everybody else is placed, and then the volunteers are placed there, and then they set the whole thing on fire. And Danny is in this beautiful gown of yeah. flowers. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. And I was I was gonna say they're all of their friends were murdered. Yeah, one by one. So and those bodies were repurposed mm-hmm. into one was skinned art pieces. I guess they would call. I don't that? think they're art pieces. I think they were Ugh. ceremonial pieces because one of so it was the it makes the, my stomach well turn, the actually. the younger fellow who was the inbred. In mm-hmm. the group, mm-hmm. um, in the community, wore one of the oh guy's God, skins, right. remember, oh to God. murder the other person. So, <laughs> but basically, th- th- there's this image, and again, it's like so bizarre that I have to laugh of this guy's body stuffed with hay at the end. He's it's basically so a gross. human scarecrow and just kind of set up there, and and it's. It's a, again, Ari Aster is just so, does this so well. And in the hands of another director would be grotesque in a way that, I don't know, this is grotesque, but like it's kind of beautiful. You did say they all 
were lit on fire, right? Yeah, so the the ceremonial house is set on fire and it's filled with hay and and uh, sacrifices, yeah. sacrificial bodies. Um, and that's pretty much how it ends. And we see Danny smiling as the house falls and burns. Again, she's found her family, and mm-hmm. there's this like something that's kind of beautiful about that. But it's a horrible family to be a part. I mean, it's a cult, and it's abusive, right. and it's they're murder the same way with with um, the Wicker Man. You mm-hmm. don't like the detective, but he does not deserve to die right. like that. You right. don't like any of these American characters, but they don't deserve that. And you're happy for Danny, but you don't want her to find happiness not in that, that because it's a controlling cult that's, you know, when she's 71, we'll have to jump off a cliff and bounce off a rock. All right. So all in all, what'd you think? Well, I would, um, I would give it a four out of five also because it was, um, very artfully done. Uh, the art direction was beautiful. I loved the colors. I loved um, the way that it was shot. Uh, the story was intriguing. It was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, it was very gruesome, and so that was hard. There were times I had to turn away, but overall, um, I thought it was a great film. Yeah, I loved it. I would give it a four out of five, too. I mean, I, I it was fun seeing it again, and I think it really holds up on the second viewing. Yeah, that's cool. Midsommar. Yay. For generations, the Thorns have been a family of tremendous wealth, position, and power. The perfect marriage of Ambassador Robert Thorne and his wife, Catherine, was fulfilled by the birth of their son, Damien. And then, when the child was five years old, Something terrible happened. The Omen debuted in 1976 and was directed by Richard Donner and written by David Seltzer, like The Beverage. It stars Gregory Peck and Lee Remick and a host of other fabulous actors. The story begins in Rome with the birth of a child, Damien, to American diplomat Robert Thorne and his wife Catherine. Robert is told by a priest that their son has died in childbirth and is offered the child of a woman who died while she was having this child. He doesn't tell his wife, WTF, so she has no idea that the kid isn't hers, and little does he know that Damien is actually Satan's spawn. (laughs) They have a very rich, white, happy existence, and end up moving to England around the time Damien is five. That's when shit gets real. So, Jill, have you seen this movie before? No, I had not seen it. You I had knew heard, of it. Yeah, I had heard of it, but I was too afraid to see it, <laughs> as usual. Yeah, and it's funny that it's taken me this long to show you this movie when since we've been doing these Halloween marathons for like seven years now, because this is kind of a big one that people always put on some sort of list. Right. Um but there's kind of a reason why I've taken this long to show you this movie. Why? Tell me. Why? Well, right before we watched this, I asked you, have I told you my thoughts on this movie? And you said no. And I said, okay. <laughs> and then we put the movie on and tell me your thoughts. Uh, I think it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's terrible. <laughs> Like if you want me to give a rating right now, no, no, it you wouldn't have to give be a rating, great. But like you can, no, I just wanted to kind of hear your opinion. No, it's absurd. I did not like it at all. I started 
like looking on my phone about halfway through. I was like, this is a waste of my time. I get it. I understand why it's one of those classic horror films, but man, it the acting's bad, the storyline is bad. Like Yeah. So that he, that's the that's me. I I haven't shown you this movie or even watched it myself in years because I just I don't like it either. Um but at the other hand, I saw this movie. This is definitely a movie I saw when I was younger and it did scare me. And mm-hmm. so I have kind of like a some memory tied to it of, mm-hmm. you know, early frights and um that especially this time just didn't work anymore. Yeah. Except what always works for me is and I don't really care about this stuff typically, but there are some pretty cool like death sequences in this movie and they're so over the top too yeah that is for sure i'm thinking of the scene where there's the sheet of glass on the back of a truck oh my god and it it goes rolling down the hill slams on the brakes and it flies off and decapitates somebody it's pretty Uh, it's pretty well done but it's pretty ridiculous i mean i laughed because it was so hilarious the way it was done it's just ridiculous and gregory peck is a great actor. Yeah. Um, but that's why it was so surprising to see him be yeah. so terrible. Um, the character again, you have just a jerk. Yep. He's he doesn't even tell his wife that their child has apparently died. And, and not like, only that, doesn't seem like it's too too huge of a. A it's burden not a for deal. yeah. He kind of no. makes that decision within a couple of minutes, and doesn't tell like she's always in the dark. He always is making decisions for her. It's awful. Like she has no autonomy. Right. It it really pisses me off. So he's just awful. I felt bad for her. Yeah. The whole time. Totally. And she she and was, it's a weird. It's just a weird relationship. A weird dynamic. Yeah, he's quite a bit older than her. Like it. It was just creepy. Yeah. And definitely, you know, the, my wife is, I mean, he's, he knows what he did. And yeah. when she starts having these feelings that he, she does not like her son. Yeah. And that she feels like the son is not hers. Yeah. You know, to him, even I think to himself, he's thinking she's acting unreasonable or, you know, crazy. <sighs> So, it's all his fault. Literally, all of it is his fault. If they had been open and talked about it, who knows what would have hap- what would have happened. Well, let's talk. There ab- wouldn't be a story, right. but I get it. Right. Still. But let's let's. I mean, this is a this is a story that has been told many times, and and I don't believe that this is the first. Maybe this is the first maybe mainstream version of it, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's, you know, there's always been that devil's spawn story, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. but this one is, you know, just got popular cause I think it's like quintessential creepy kid. Yeah. You know? Um, and it seems like this was the age, like in the seventies of yep. a lot of films like this. Mm-hmm. And he definitely, this, this kid is creepy, but he's, oh. he's also just like annoying and, like, it, he never scares me. You know what I mean? Mm, he's a big old creep. Yeah, he's a creep. But um, the sequence at the uh, the sequence at the birthday party. Oh, my God. Where his, uh, his, I guess his 
his nanny. Nanny. Yeah. Um, sees a Rottweiler on the grounds, uh, which I thought was kind of a creepy sequence. The Rottweiler's just staring yeah. at her. Oh, totally. And the next thing you know, first of all, this birthday party is like the most ridiculous. It's like well, carnivals, and carnival rides and clowns and everything on their property. I was actually surprised to see it because that's the kind of parties that you go to like in LA now. It was quite extravagant. <laughs> for, Shout out to any of our time. LA friends having crazy birthday parties. I think the sequence of the nanny going to the rooftop with a noose around her neck, jumping off, you know, before she jumps off, she says, Damien, this is all for you. Like that's a famous scene, and I think mm-hmm. it still works. It's weird; yeah. kind of comes out of nowhere, you know. Um, but and that's the kind of the first steps into realizing this child is got or that or that something's going on. Um, right. I I do wish that there was more of an ex- explanation because, right. like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like he just starts acting out and you know like these things suddenly start to happen mm-hmm. and Why? Then, well there's a replacement for the nanny who comes in mm-hmm. and in Mary Poppins style remember when Mary Poppins did not put you know she wasn't responding to the actual ad but oh, she just right. knew yeah. so she showed up and she true. showed up that's true so Mary Poppins is also the caretaker of Satan <laughs> so when the new nanny shows up and she starts basically raising him Again, it's just kind of like, you know, where did she come from? And, you know, nobody cares how she got in. And it's just never dealt with. Right. Um, so it's, it's just kind of a weak story overall mm-hmm. with the weak performances. Um, I don't know. There's some interesting moments. But even like <laughs> I remember the, the sequence of the the other priest who is, you know, outside when the storm comes and he can't get in to the to the oh, church building. Yeah. That, like that used to scare me. And now I was just like, oh, my God, this is so boring. It was yeah. like he's going to like every door and it's locked. And however, like, really, when the when that pole from the was it a pole or a crucifix? It was a pole. It was. Yeah, it was like a um on top of the yeah. cathedral. Whatever the whatever pole. falls, that shot is still pretty great. It totally goes right through him, pins him into the ground. Mm-hmm. And again, one of those things that just stuck in my head as a kid. And this is, I believe, Richard Donner's first feature. But then he made the Superman movie. And then wow. he did Superman 2 and then was kicked off of that for and another director took over. But there's not a real, like, style that I feel like... Yeah. You know, sets it apart. Mm-hmm. It looks like a 70s horror movie kind of paint by numbers. Yeah, um, for sure. And <clears throat> and it's that unfortunate kind of period where, you know, actors who were once great are just kind of taking mediocre roles, yeah. you know. Yeah. And this was remade in the 2000s, I believe. I never saw it. Okay. But I feel like, I feel like there's something there that could well, be, you know. Maybe we should... Check that one out, too, and see how we like it. 
Not not this year. Not this year, no. Not this year. Also, <laughs> um, this was a series, or there's, I think, three following movies. Okay. Where he becomes the president. Damien grows up to become the president. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and I feel like I, I, I did watch all these right after each other 20 years ago, and I feel like I kind of liked like the third or fourth one, okay. you know, better than even this one. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to sit through all those again to no. find out or not. So I don't know. What else do you, what else do you think about this? Um, well, everyone who was on the Omens list, it was marked by a gruesome death. Mm-hmm. I mean, a whole bunch of people died really yeah, the, terribly. Yep. The 666 um, birthmark in the back of the head. Right, right. There's that. And, yeah, it just, it feels kind of like every, um, every like, if there's a list of, hey, we want to make a satanic right. uh, film, we're going to do all of these things. I don't think it's a piece of trash and, like, say, how could somebody find any kind of enjoyment? Because I, yeah. I totally was entertained by moments of it. I just, I found it sure. more boring and just kind of, like, doesn't hold up. Yeah, I agree. And I I just found the relationship part of it really disappointing. There, there wasn't a lot of character development. And, um, yeah, I just really didn't like most of the characters. I want interesting, demonic kids. <laughs> I don't want this little guy who, you know, if he had played it to where... I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to blame this child actor for this because this is just, you know, it's the director and and everybody. But he just it was just a weird decision. It was like this creepy, but like almost like I kind of know kids like this and (laughs) they're not creepy, but they're just, you know, it's just this weird like I wanted him to either be, oh, very likable. And then Mm -hmm. why is all this weird stuff happening? Yeah. Or just like go to go further to where it's like he doesn't speak or like I don't know but it was almost like he just yeah. he seemed like a spoiled brat yeah it you know seems I mean? more like that yeah for and sure. I don't like his parents and I don't like anybody around him so mm-hmm. it's just like yeah there's I, not a I, lot to hold on to I was nervous too about the scene with the scene when he's riding his tricycle into mm-hmm. his mom who's because I knew that was coming in yeah and I feel like that kind of worked all right you know I I do too I I agree with you there. I had a, I had a little anxiety because you knew what, like I just expected it. Somebody on a step stool by a staircase, kind of thing. But but as pregnant. she pregnant, and as she falls though, I don't know if you remember it. The it was just this weird like, cam- I don't know if it was a camera trick or, or they had her in like some sort of rotating. Um, uh, apparatus but like it was almost like she fell and it went into like a slow motion and she turned completely around onto her her back in yes. midair yeah it was just like it, a spin yeah. almost and, yeah and that made us laugh mm-hmm. and kind of took took we away did. anything <laughs> that was like scary because she was also falling onto shards of glass that were kind of pointy yeah and so once that happened it almost kind of like canceled out any kind of danger or you mm-hmm. know Right. And then she does end up dying in the hospital later because she someone comes and throws her out a window. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so it's just Isn't it the nanny? Yes. So it's just uh, I don't know. Like Yeah. It's too much. It's too much, but you know how much I give it? I give it one star. I 
give it half a star. Mm, I, give it, I give it one for the little bit of nostalgia and and some stuff they do well, but I'm just I'm just bored. Yeah. I'm bored. Right there with ya. Ah, you know what that sound means. This episode has come to an end. But don't worry, because we're watching movies all month long, and we'll have our next episode out in a few days. Until then, you can follow us on Instagram at Townhouse of Terror Pod. And send us your thoughts in an email at townhouseofterrorpod at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Michael. And this is Jill. And this is Townhouse, Townhouse of, of Terror. Terror.